We have all had painful events in our lives that can lead to depression, anxiety, addiction, or broken relationships. But here's a secret. It is not about what happened to us that causes suffering. It's the stories we believe about ourselves. Join us as we shine light on how to rewrite our stories, avoid the shadows of shame, and travel along the pathway to joy, love, and connection. It's the Finding Peace Podcast with your host, Amazon best-selling author, Troy L. Love. I'm sitting at my desk attending a three-day online training. And I got to tell you that sitting in front of a computer for three days is emotionally and physically exhausting. I'm sure that a lot of you have experienced that as you've probably had many different meetings and interactions online instead of face-to-face. I was really excited to be at the training because I was there to learn some things about what I could do to, to tell better stories, to be able to have better presentations. And what I loved most about the training was that there were people from all over the world. There were people from Europe and people from South America, people from Canada, people all across the United States. As we got to interact with each other, I heard accents from various parts of the world, and it was a beautiful, wonderful experience. There was a lot of love and support for each other in the training. Well, the guy that was giving the presentation, his name is Eric Edmeads, he made a comment about the things that are happening in the United States. And... Some of the people wrote in the chat box, well, what's happening in the United States? They didn't know about the death of George Floyd and the impact that that has been having across our country. And so I decided I was going to respond. I was reluctant to do so, but I felt like I wanted to contribute to the conversation, but I didn't want to derail the conversation. I didn't want to to contribute to any kind of animosity or discontent. So I tried to keep my response as short as possible. I wrote, well, there are riots going on all over the country, and they just caught a police station on fire. I didn't say anything about the death of George Floyd. I didn't mention that. And in hindsight, I I think I needed to have because there was a lot more than those two sentences. But like I said, I didn't even really want to have a conversation about it. I just said this is what's going on and thought that if they were interested that they could go read the news and or watch the news or look it up online and make conclusions for themselves. But there was a participant in the training that called me out and said, Troy, you... You're only seeing things from your own perspective. And I breathed into it and realized, yeah, I am seeing things from my own perspective. Isn't that what all of us do? We see things from our own paradigm. We see things from our own way of looking. And part of our experience in this world is learning how to see things beyond our own perspective. And so I took a deep breath and I chatted with this person and I I thanked the person for calling me out and The person said, are you seeing the protests that are also happening? And I said, yes. And I think all of it is sad. I think the death of George Floyd is sad. I think that what's happening across the country is sad. There is so much sadness for me about what is happening across the country. I'm sharing this with you because it reminded me of something that I am trying to do with all of my clients, especially when I'm working with couples. I'm trying to help them see a broader perspective. I'm trying to help them 
have a broader point of view. It reminds me of a story that I came across recently. A young woman was riding in the car with her dad. And as they were riding along this long, they were going on a long trip. The woman kept looking out of the window and there was a little beautiful stream that was going right alongside the road. And she looked out and she thought to herself, wow, this is so beautiful. This is a really pretty area. I have never been here before. I love looking out. And she was just fascinated with the colors and the beauty of the stream and the beauty of the flowers and the different things that were along the stream there. Her dad, however, kept saying, oh my gosh, this is this place is trash. Nobody takes care of anything. Why, why can't people pick up after themselves? There's just garbage littered all over the stream. It, it just, why can't people take care of this is, I never want to ride on this road ever again. And she was looking out at the stream and thinking, I don't see any garbage. I don't, I don't see what my dad, my dad is just being negative. My dad, you know, that's, he's just a grumpy old man. He never sees anything of beauty. He's always looking for the negative. And she shut down. She got more and more frustrated and he kept continuing to whine and complain about how dirty the stream was. Well, several years later, the woman is driving on that same road. And this time she's in the driver's seat. And as she's looking out the window, she realizes that there are two streams. There's a stream on the left side of the road and there's a stream on the right side of the road. And she realizes that on the driver's side of the road, it really is trashy. For whatever reason, on the other side of the road, people have kept it clean, made it look beautiful. But on the, other, on the driver's side of the road, it was a mess. There was trash and garbage everywhere. And she thought to herself, wow, why can't people clean up after themselves? Why is it so dirty? And she caught herself saying the exact same words, thinking the exact same thoughts that her father had articulated when they were driving before. And she realized there were two points of view and both of them were correct. But as a teenager, she didn't notice that point of view. She was only focused on her own view, her own window, and didn't look to see what her father might have been seeing as well. One of the principles that Stephen R. Covey teaches in his book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, is to listen to understand. And I had an opportunity to go to a, a lecture with Stephen R. Covey about 20 years ago, and I was such a Stephen R. Covey groupie at the time, to be completely honest. I was so excited. I was 20 feet away from him. He's doing this presentation at this symposium that I was a part of, and I wanted to bow down and just worship the guy. I was so excited. In fact, and I'm so embarrassed to say this, I uh, he was drinking water out of a water bottle, and when he was done and we broke, I ran and grabbed his water bottle, and I shoved it in my bag, and I kept it for a while saying... I, this is this is the water bottle that Stephen R. Covey drank out drank out of. This is this is his. And my my wife is saying, uh, seriously, you're carrying around an empty water bottle? Yes, I am because this is Stephen R. Covey's water bottle. <gasps> okay, I know it's weird, but whatever. So he was teaching about this principle of listening to understand, and he he told a story, and I don't know if I have all the details 
exactly right, but I, I do know that this is the part that I remember, and this is the part I think that is most important. They had this group of people come together in this assembly or like in an auditorium or something, and the purpose was to help each other understand the other side, the other person's point of view, and the topic was abortion. And you can imagine that there are some very extreme opinions on both sides of abortion. But the rules were that they couldn't just argue and yell at each other. They had to see if they could articulate the other person's point of view. They had to be able to see if they could respond back and share with the other side what they heard the other side say and see if they could understand it. Now, they didn't have to agree with it, but they had to see if they could understand it. And so they it was hard. There was a lot of emotion in this auditorium with these two groups. At the end of the day, when they were finished, though, they may not have changed each other's minds, but the feedback that they got from each other is, I understand you better. I understand where you're coming from. And there was so much more respect and love for each other, even though they didn't adopt the other side's point of view. They, they were able to keep their own point of view, but they had so much more understanding. They could see why this was such a passionate thing for both sides. I was reading today The Year of Self-Love, The Daily Wisdom and Inspiration for Loving Yourself, written by me. And I just turned it open to today, which happens to be June 3rd. And this is what it said. Vulnerability can't be forced. We can't expect people to open up and share what is going on inside if we have not created an environment of safety and support. Similarly, if someone asks us to share something personal, whether it's in a group or individually, and we don't feel safe sharing, it's perfectly all right to decline to answer. Self-love is about protection as much as it is about being open. If you want to draw closer to others, work on helping the relationship feel safe first. Ponder ways that you can help the relationships that matter the most to you feel safer. As I read that today, I thought, wow, that is pretty profound and I'm not patting myself on the back. It's a principle that I teach people frequently. Which leads us to the question of the podcast. How can we create safety when there's so much fear and anger going on? As I'm working with couples, I often teach them the acronym Burpee. Now, if you are a health fitness person, you know what a Burpee is. A Burpee is a form of exercise where you jump up into the air and then you go down on all, uh, get down on the ground, do a push-up, and then you jump back up again. And it's a very intense, very painful, if you want to know my opinion, form of exercise. I have a buddy who just loves doing burpees. He's like, I could do these all day. And I hate doing burpees. I can barely do two before I'm like... (gasps) He loves them. I don't love them. As I started to think about it, I'm like, yeah, I hate burpees and burpees make me feel a lot of pain. And when you do burpees in a relationship, they also cause you to have a lot of pain and disconnection. So what are burpees? Well, B stands for blame. 
So if you're blaming other people, pointing out to other people what they did wrong, that they're bad, that they're awful, and you do it from an accusatory, prosecutory kind of manner, that's blame. And you're pointing fingers and you're trying to find the bad guy and you're pointing out how bad the other person is. R stands for rescue. Rescuing happens when we see that someone's in pain or someone's suffering emotionally or otherwise, and we want to make it better. And so we jump in and we start to tell the person what they need to do. We want to fix it. We want to solve their problem for them. We want to hand out solutions. Uh, we want to take on ourselves the burden and the responsibility. We want to own the things that they're struggling with. We will go into this rescue mode. But it isn't really because we want them to feel better. It's really because we want to feel better. If I can rescue you, if I can help you, then I feel better about myself. It's not necessarily what can I do to help you feel better about yourself. It's what can I do to help you so I feel better about myself. There's a lot more that I could say about rescue, but you get the, uh, hopefully you understand that it's me trying to tell you how you can solve your problems. I'm going to, I'm going to either solve your problems for you, or I'm going to tell you how to solve your problems. I'm going to give you life lessons. I'm going to give you all kinds of suggestions so that I can feel better about myself. P stands for protest. And there's a lot of protests taking place across the country right now. And why are they protesting? Well, they're protesting because they believe that what happened to George Floyd was not right. And not just George Floyd, but they're protesting what has happened to people for generations is not right. And that's what protest is. We have these signs and we say this isn't right, this isn't fair, that this isn't okay. And when we go into protest, it's oftentimes because we feel so powerless. We feel like there's nothing else that we can do. So when a company goes on strike and the employees are outside striking with their signs saying this isn't fair and they're demanding rights and they're demanding their demands, what's underneath it is that they have felt like all other options that they've used to try and negotiate this thing have failed. And so now they're going to protest because they feel so powerless. So when somebody is protesting, what's really going on underneath it is a sense of powerlessness. And they, they're feeling overwhelmed by that. And so they get into a place where they feel like the only option that I have is to yell and scream and protest and say that this isn't fair. And the last is escape. E stands for escape. So B-R-P-E. The last is to escape. I'm checking out. I'm going to get in front of my phone. I'm going to go for I'm going to go somewhere. I'm going to disconnect. I'm going to pretend that this didn't happen. I'm going to find a way to escape one way or another. Now, all of us have probably done all four of these. We've blamed other people. We've tried to rescue. We've protested, said that this is unfair, and we've also escaped. Here's the challenge. When I want to create safety in a relationship, the moment that I do one of the burpees, I invite the person with whom I'm trying to build this relationship to step into the burpees as well. That's the principle. So if I start blaming, then I'm inviting the other person to maybe go into protest or escaping. 
And then as soon as they do that, then I'm going to react to that. And then I may protest. Why are you moving away? Why won't you talk to me? I go into that protest if they're pulling away. Or if they go into rescue, then I go into blame some more. You don't need to tell me what to do. You're always trying to solve my problems for me. So you can kind of see how if I step into one of the burpees, I invite the other person to step into the burpees with me. And then we don't get anywhere. We just go round and around and around until we finally are so exhausted and so pent up with frustration and anger that we go into escape and we just go to our separate corners. And then we don't usually come back and revisit that again. We just a lot of times pretend that it never happened. And what I'm seeing happening across the country and across the world is that we are really good at going into burpees. What we're not very good at is figuring out how to create safety and open dialogue with each other about what's going on. We immediately blame. We immediately point out who did what and how it was wrong. We see things outside of our window, our car window, and don't realize that the other person may have a different perspective. So one of the ways that we build safety in a relationship, there's two specific things that we need to do. Number one is have empathy. Empathy means that I'm going to try and see things from your perspective. It doesn't mean that I have to agree with it, but I'm going to try and see where are you coming from. Help me understand why this is such a big deal to you. If I can do that from an empathic framework, I can understand that I don't have to own it. I don't have to even take responsibility, unless maybe I did something wrong, but I don't have to take responsibility for your feelings and your experience. I just get to understand it. And one of the most beautiful things that I see happen when I'm working with couples, the one partner is able to say to the other, help me understand, like, why is this such a big deal for you? And then the person usually will share one of their attachment wounds. Hey, well, it reminds me of when I was rejected or it reminds me when I was neglected. It reminds me of a time when I was abused and it hurts so bad. And if I'm listening to that and I'm listening with empathy, I can try to put myself in that person's shoes and say, wow, that had to be so hard for you. It had to be so challenging for you. And I'm sorry that I contributed to your pain. Or if I didn't contribute to the pain, but they're just sharing it, I'm so grateful that you were willing to share that with me. Empathy, empathic listening is so important if we want to create safety in a situation because it helps us both feel heard. And if we feel heard, then things calm down. I remember, and I may have shared this story before, but I was sitting in my internship at Gateway Rehab in, in Pittsburgh, and there were two people sitting next to me in the group. I was by myself. My, the therapist had left the room. And I'm sitting there talking to these two and they started fighting with each other and it was getting super heated and I was freaking out inside. I'm like, what's going on? Like, okay, let's breathe, take a breath, tell me what's going on, try to understand what's going on and let me see if I understand your point of view and going back and forth. And as I was doing empathic listening, they calmed down and then all of a sudden they raised it back up again and I did it again. I'm like, okay, let me understand and here's, let me understand. They calmed down again and then they did it again. I'm like, oh my gosh, you people, what is going on? And then I hear laughter outside the door and 
the door opens and my trainer was standing out there and she had set these two people up to do this to see how I could handle it. And she said to me, actually, you did it really well. And they said, wow, I couldn't keep up the fight. Like I had to find other things to make up to keep the fight going because you helped me feel so understood. So empathy is really, really important. If we could take the time to just sit with the other person and say, can you help me see your perspective? I don't have to agree with it, but I can understand it. I can say, wow, thank you for sharing that with me. It makes me feel more connected to you. The second part of that is ownership. If I did do something that caused pain, if I did do something or said something that was insensitive, let me take ownership of that. If I did something that is creating disruption in this relationship, then let me take ownership. And if I didn't, then I can also say, well, hey, I I can't take ownership for that. But I am so grateful that you shared that with me. So empathy and ownership are the two main principles, I believe, of what has to happen when we're having dialogue with someone in order to be able to keep things safe. In the book, Crucial Conversations, they say that in order to be able to have open dialogue, we need to be on the same page. We need to be talking about the same thing. And then we also need to help the other person feel like they matter, that we need to be able to be respectful to each other. This is a little bit of a different way of looking at it, a little bit of a different model, but I totally agree with what they say. If respect isn't in this equation, things are not going to work out and it's not going to feel safe. At the end of the dialogue that I had with this person in the training that I went to, I said, thank you so much for calling me out. It really made me take a look about where I'm coming from, and it gave me an opportunity to do some introspection for myself. The person said, well, thank you for the dialogue. I really appreciate it. I may never have another conversation with that person again, but I walked away from that conversation reflecting deeper on my point of view and how I interact with other people. You've been listening to the Finding Peace podcast. If you loved the show or wanna ask a question, let us know by going to troyllove.com. There, you can also learn about the Finding Peace five-day challenge. Remember to subscribe to this podcast so you won't miss the next episode. And if you are listening on iTunes, please give us a five-star rating. It helps other people find this podcast more easily. Thank you for spending part of your journey with us. Copyright Finding Peace Consulting.